It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the story tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome to This Week in the Big East. It's our weekly look at the teams, coaches, players, and the stories from the schools comprising the Big East Conference. I'm John Rook, once again with Providence Journal beat writer, Basketball Times contributor, and author Kevin McNamara. Kev, as we start to settle into the New Year's grind, what are we seeing, do you think, from the teams that are climbing up to the top of the league, and does this already mean some trouble for teams slipping to the bottom? Well, staying at the top of this league is going to be a battle. We, we had a major league heavyweight fight at Hinkle Fieldhouse on Wednesday this week with Seton Hall grabbed that really big road win and you know we hear it from the coaches week after week John you have to win your home games because winning on the road is going to be so difficult so hats off to Kevin Willard's team and I know we're going to talk about the Pirates right now. Yeah just their second loss of the year though for Butler. Uh, You know Butler has been they've been the best Big East team from the start of the season till now but watch out for Seton Hall they're really peaking at the right time you know and doing it without a key cog to their lineup in Sandro Mamukalashvili. People forget that he's coming back, and I couldn't tell you when, but it's almost as if Seton Hall will welcome him back with open arms, but they really don't need him, I mean, which is pretty <laughs> scary because he was their best big guy yeah. in the first six weeks of the season. Romaro Gill, though, has really filled the bill, I think, for Seton Hall quite a bit. You know, Kevin Willard's really doing a good job with his team defensively. Uh, they're playing a little zone, which mm-hmm. Kevin Willard usually doesn't play a lot of zone. But, but they when got you, a lot of length. When you have Romaro Gill at yeah. seven foot two forty, you don't want him chasing ball screens 25 feet away from the basket. You want him around the rim. And Obiagu off the bench is just as big. They're the only Big East team with pro size. Well, conference play, as Kevin mentioned, into its third week. We've already witnessed a clash of titans up at the top of the standings with Butler and Seton Hall Wednesday night. The first blow across the bow goes to the Pirates. They won on the road at Hinkle, 78-70. And for the first time in Big East history, Seton Hall has started conference play at 5-0. and Pirates scored 48 second-half points to win when Butler was giving up only 54 points per game going in. Pirates have now won seven straight overall. Villanova won for a 19th straight time this week against a DePaul team that's playing just well enough to fall short. Creighton and Seton Hall also re-entered the picture in the AP and USA Today top 25 voter polls. And we may still have a lurker somewhere in the middle ready to make some trouble for teams expected to win. Kev, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I don't know, John, if we have a fourth Big East team that can crack the top 25 because I think we see Seton Hall Butler and Villanova have separated uh, nationally a little a bit. bit. Yep. And uh, by the way, I'm a top 25 voter. Shame on the top 25 voters. They didn't have Seton Hall in the poll for weeks and weeks. Last year they go from unranked to 18. They're bound for the top 10. Yeah, they've got to be now after what they've done this week, without a doubt. All right, well, uh, at midweek, by the way, the net ranking system, all 10 Big East teams were ranked in the top 85 out of 353 Division I programs. The Big East has been swapping the top spot on the conference RPI with the Big 12. But in terms of overall league strength, the bottom tier in the Big East just has been pretty much non-existent. But, Kevin, for how much longer will that happen? Well, I have a hard time believing that Xavier, who's off to a one and four start, is going to stay at that low rate. You know, they have veteran team. Uh, they play very tough offensively. They just haven't clicked in. They haven't played with enough consistency offensively. But there's no Big East team that wants to go to Xavier and and and, and see if they can beat the Musketeers. And I'm sorry, just watch DePaul. You know, I know that record's 0 and 4. I know they have a, a you know rocky history in the Big East. Watch them play. 
They scared Jay Wright and Villanova, and I know we're going to have Jay, and we'll talk about this game. Uh, I think they scored 10 in the last minute to force overtime at Villanova. Right. That's no last place team. Nope, it certainly isn't. All right, let's start with this week and our Big East headlines. Butler entertained Seton Hall Wednesday night. It was a true Big East showdown. Pirates came out on top, and as mentioned earlier, Seton Hall scored 48 second-half points on the way to the win. A big game in the middle for Senator Romaro Gill, a potential most improved candidate this year who pounded his way to 17 points. Speaking of the Butler Bulldogs, ranked this week at number two in the net, the number five AP spot in the poll is a new high in school history. But a key in their loss to the Pirates was the fouling out of guard Aaron Thompson with about six minutes left on Wednesday night. Providence remains in the mix at the top of the league standings at 4-1, and one, heading into the weekend after beating St. John's Wednesday. Friars are the outlier as far as the net rankings are concerned right now and have another big opportunity in front of them this weekend on the road at Creighton. Other Wednesday games saw Marquette's Marcus Howard do what he does best, score the ball. 35 points in a Golden Eagles win at home against Xavier. Barring an injury, Howard has a legit shot now to become the Big East all-time leading scorer in conference play, moving ahead of former Syracuse star Lawrence Moten. Kevin, I'm not sure we see any real trending through the midweek games of this week, but what's caught your eye in particular? I'm going to pick up on two things. Do you know how good Lawrence Moten must have been to outscore right. Marcus Howard? I mean, the guy gets 30, 35, 40-plus right. almost every week. Uh, but you and I remember Lawrence Moten because that was uh, a long time ago, but we were uh, covering the Big East then as well. But Marcus Howard is so much fun to watch. That's number one. And number two, you know, Providence is kind of typical of these Big East teams. You know, you can have a little streak, get a little, you know, love about yourself, and then look at your schedule. This is Providence's next four games at Creighton, at Seton Hall, Villanova at home, at Butler. <laughs> Think that's a gauntlet? Where's the win? And That's <laughs> yeah. why I, when yeah. coaches say, we're just going to worry about one at a time, it's good for your mental health. Yeah, I don't think you want to look too far ahead if you're a Friar fan right now. Don't forget, if you have questions about your team or any others you follow, send them to us. Hit us up on Twitter with a hashtag TWITBE. It's TWITBE. Thanks to our Westwood One affiliate stations for tuning in to check us out. If you're catching us on Sirius XM, we welcome you to our up-close, under-the-microscope view of the Big East Conference. And if you do the podcast thing, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and welcome to Spotify, our podcast partners this season. Make sure you leave us a review if you can. We'd certainly appreciate it. You can also listen to us online on BigEast.com and WestwoodOneSports.com. We'll hear from one of the top shooters in the Big East and how he sets the tempo for his team. Plus, get opinion and insight from a former Big East star who watches many of these battles up close every night. But leading off, a marquee name within the conference is a new challenge this season. And from all appearances, Villanova's place in the hierarchy isn't going anywhere anytime soon. The head coach of the Cats, Jay Wright, joins us next. This week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. To walk these classrooms, these fields, these courts, is to walk in the footsteps of legends. Villanovans who have built a legacy of success, both in and out of the classroom. Bound by tradition, humility, and our commitment to each other, we are stronger together. We are fearless, relentlessly pushing ourselves to victory. We believe in Nova Nation and give ourselves to it totally, even when no one is looking. We are Villanova, and each of us strengthens all of us. 
Big East Spotlight. And with .6 to go, Reed inbounds to Moore. Moore gets off a shot from just beyond half court. No good. And Villanova in overtime has defeated DePaul 79-75. And how about this, Whitey? Villanova has beaten DePaul for the 19th straight time. Villanova's Wildcats carry a rather large banner for the Big East by virtue of their national notoriety and success over the past few seasons. This year, the challenge is to repeat more of the same, largely with a different cast of characters in front of the coach. Jay Wright does have, however, some of the same characters who played smaller roles in previous productions now stepping into that spotlight, and he joins us this week in the Big East. Jay, how important is it in a team's development to not only hold on to continuity from year to year, especially when you know you can't be what you were last season or even the year before. Yeah, it, it's really important. You know, it, uh, I think some schools uh, do a better job than we do at uh, bringing in a lot of new people and putting the pieces together real quick. We're a, it takes us a little bit longer, you know, and and um, not having any seniors on this year's team has been a, a challenge for for our group and our coaching staff. But it's something that, you know, everybody across the country deals with all the time. It's just uh, something we've been very fortunate um, to be able to avoid because we've always kept seniors on the team. Um, so it's an interesting challenge this year. You know, Jay, to, to, if you look at the course of your season, you probably weren't ready for that trip out to Ohio State way, way, way back on November the 13th. And then you could and uh, you can speak to how good Baylor is, one of the better, maybe the top uh, team in the country right now. Uh, and yet, by the end of December, you were ready for that high end game with the win over Kansas, and then you opened the Big East uh, where you want to be. Is that pretty much? Would you define the course of your season roughly that way? Where we are now, uh, as you said, where you want to be. Um, I couldn't have expected we'd be in a better spot right now. However, based on how good the Big East is. I don't think we're. I really don't think we're one of the top, you know, three or maybe we might be one of the top four or five teams right now playing that way. There's so many teams that are playing so well. You know, Mar- Marquette got us good, and I think Providence is playing really well, and Seton Hall, Butler, those guys. So uh, I still think it's the best we can be right now with the group we've had. And as you said, we we were definitely not uh, ready for that Ohio State game, high level game on the road that early in the year uh, but our guys are starting to come along and, and I'm happy with I'm happy with where they are but I, I think we've got a lot of work to do and I I think it, it might not match up right now yet with the top teams in this league. Jay you actually uh, get to step out away from conference play for one more non-league game this weekend with an old friend and foe in UConn what's that going to be like for you emotionally especially when you know UConn's getting ready to come back into the Big East next year? Yeah it's really interesting um because at UConn Villanova, for a number of reasons, has always been a great rivalry. Uh, we've been, been able to play those games the last two years. You know, we, we went up there two years ago. This is the third game of a three-year series, not knowing you know that we would be in the same league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, great game up at Connecticut, and then last year at the Garden, a sold-out Garden, and great atmosphere right before Christmas. Really cool to be in the city before Christmas. Have a, a, a UConn Villanova crowd in the Garden. And then this year, you know, they're they're playing they're playing well, and they know they're coming into this conference, and we're playing uh, at the Wells Fargo Center, which will have a great crowd, and um, and and I know it'll be it'll be a battle, and uh, in the back of both of our minds, we'll be thinking, 
okay, this is this is a league game next year, so it's a little bit different than your normal non-conference game. Uh, looking at Connecticut, uh, do they look like a Big East team to you? They do. You know, they they. Uh, you mean comparing them to a Big East team, or yeah, just style of play? You know, a Dan Hurley type team kind of fits into a Big East role. It does. That's why. That's why I was answering initially. Like, yeah, they do look like a Big East team. You know, just tough, physical, um, hard nosed. Um, they they play up tempo. Uh, they they've got they've got great length at the at the big spots. They they got athleticism and and quick uh, aggressive guards. They like to go up and down. But yet, Danny does a good job of getting them to execute in half court. So um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a team. You know, we have so many different styles in our league. They're 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 unique and they they really really attack the rim, kind of like like Butler does. But they they go up and down almost like Creighton. John Rook, Kevin McNamara with Villanova's Jay Wright this week in the Big East. Let's take a look at the top of your list because you had a big night earlier this week from Sadiq Bay. He's now your leading scorer on this team. What's his development meant to what you can do out on the floor on any given night from one year to the next year? Now that he's a sophomore. Yeah, he's he just had an incredible career so far. He's, you know, he's kind of um, impressed us each year. As a freshman, we didn't know what we were going to get. You know, we got him kind of late. Um, he had committed to NC State and then opened up his recruiting late in his senior year, and we were very fortunate to get in there, And really because he went to the same high school as Josh Hart. Um, and then as, so as a freshman, we didn't know what to expect, and he just had an outstanding freshman year. And and then, you know, this year we start the year knowing that we've got Colin Gillespie. We just had to see what everybody else would do. And he impressed again, just um, improving his, really improving his perimeter shooting and um, and his, his playmaking. You know, he, he's still, you know, for, for a big guy that can put the ball on the floor and rebound, he's got a two-to-one assist to turnover ratio. So he, he makes plays for us. Um, he guards a lot of times the opponent's best player. He just gave us great versatility offensively and defensively. Uh, Jay, uh, everyone focuses on Gillespie and Samuels and now Bay, uh, deservedly so, but maybe the most important guy you might have as a freshman in Robinson Earl just because of his size. Uh, how about his development and how important he will be to your team down the stretch? Uh, you're right, Kevin. He might be, you know, it, it's hard to say it, but, the, the most valuable guy to us because um, he's so unique in uh, in in the fact that he's, he's got size. He's a great rebounder. You know, over all the years that that we've been doing this, as much as you try to teach rebounding and um, demand it, uh, there's just certain guys that have a knack. You know, I, I know the NBA guys always say that's the one thing that transfers from college to the NBA is rebounding, and uh, he, he's. Jeremiah is an outstanding rebounder, um, but he, but he's skilled and intelligent, and uh, you know, and he's gotten better every day he's here. I think as he grows here, uh, especially offensively, uh, he can he can really help us uh, as a team improve. You know, from this point of the season on. Jay, last week Kevin and I mentioned uh, that you were named the Associated Press Coach of the Decade for the 2010s. What does an honor like that mean to you? Because Villanova's done an awful lot of winning over the last uh, ten years or so. Yeah, you know what, John? I don't know. I don't know what it means. It, it's kind of first of all, I didn't even know there was such a thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then you get you get hit with it. It's it's very humbling. It's um, 
it, it's you know I don't I don't know what the hell to think about it, man. I, it's, it's, it's really <laughs> well. That's honest. A little bit embarrassing. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I've never even heard of the term before. So uh, it, it's obviously I appreciate everybody at AP. I don't even try to find out who votes on it. Nobody knows who votes on it. Kevin uh, does. Uh, uh, Jay, I I voted for you. Sorry. Have you in it? I, it's basically everyone who votes in the poll. So yes, I, I, it was you or Brad Stevens in my eyes. So you, you know, he, he left. If he if he stayed in college, he probably would have uh, pushed you a little bit. I appreciate that, buddy. No problem. It's, it's, it, 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 I'm very grateful and uh, humbled. I guess that's the best I can say. That's Villanova's head coach Jay Wright. Next up. Who's hot? The players are hot, putting their teams on the hot seat. And we'll get into all of those details next. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot? This week in the Big East. Every day, the NCAA is working across campuses to keep college athletes safe by committing research and resources to their physical and mental health. Physical and mental health includes, but is not limited to, education, research initiatives and new policies on concussion, promoting best practices around cardiac health, sexual violence prevention and education, mental health resources and training, alcohol and other drug abuse prevention, guidance on nutrition, sleep and performance, creating safety guidelines for all NCAA sports, support of the American development model to prevent overuse injuries. Whew. And that's just what we could fit within 30 seconds. Visit NCAA.org slash well-being to learn more. Who's hot? Bay powers up, left-handed layup, no good. Put back is good by Slater, flying in towards the rim and tipped it in. This has been Brandon Slater's best game. He has been very active on both ends of the fourth. Right side, Kale of three. It's good. Oh, Kale is sauteing right now, right? He's heating up four for four from behind the arc. He's having some fun. Excellent pass right in the shooting pocket. Bay, top of the key, has some space. He's going to raise up for the three and nail it. I knew they were giving him too much space yeah, there. They're, they're not fighting over the top. They're just kind of switching. they got to fight over the top on that hedge on him. He shoot the ball way too good. Duke, Blair goes right to the hoop with a reverse and a score. That David was a Duke. beauty. David Duke breaking out everything right now. That was a heck of a play. He had to go in reverse because he had seven would have blocked the shot. Ankle breaker right there. Friars back up 31. Nine to shoot. McDermott looking to pass it off. It's Baldwin. Shot clock at five. Bulldogs leading by four. Baldwin pull up three. Good! That was tough. And KB was cool, calm, collected there late in the clock. Georgetown of the front court. Mosley right in front of his head coach, Patrick Ewing. Pocket pass here at seven. A leader is good. And Georgetown's coming back. Moving your seven around a little bit away from the basket helps against that side. Three minutes to go. Gillespie finds Bay in the right corner. Back to Gillespie. Gillespie wants to attack. Gillespie back to Moore. Straight away three for the freshman. He's got it. A swish. A huge three for the freshman. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. John Rook with Kevin McNamara on the weekly honor roll. Well, let's start first of all with the player of the week this past week. Uh, I think it's a familiar name. Miles Powell from Seton Hall. 23.5 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and a perfect week for the Pirates. And a big night with 29 more Wednesday night against Butler and a huge road win for the Pirates. Playing like a first-team All-American, which I think you and I both believe he will be at the end of the season. I think he's going to be, and I think he's got a great shot at player of the year in this league as well. He'll have to you know, arm wrestle Marcus Howard for it. Maybe we could do that live here on the show. What do you think? <laughs> well, actually, 
That might be a little unfair. Mar- Marcus Powell <laughs> might have 20 pounds on he Marcus might. Howard. He, he might. He might. Big East freshman of the week is Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova. Ten and a half points and ten and a half rebounds per game in a 2-0 week for the Wildcats. Now, he's a name we talked a little about last week in our season opener, Kev, as being a potential freshman of the year, certainly being the most highly touted of the incoming freshman classes around the league, I think, coming in. I think you'd look at Villanova and say, well, they have a weakness up front, and they, they don't have, you know, the Daniel Oshefu and, you know, the real big bangers. But in Sadiq Bay and Robinson Earl, they have two really good players. And uh, sophomore Cole Swider, big rangy kid at like 6'9", uh, if he can rebound a little bit as well, uh, I think Villanova's so-called weakness may go bye-bye. Some familiar names and a couple of not-so-familiar on the honor roll this week. Jordan Tucker from Butler, he might be a familiar name. He came off the bench to score 17 and grab six rebounds in a road win for Butler at Providence, the Duke transfer. Christian Bishop, sophomore forward for Creighton, 13 points and seven rebounds in a 1-1 week. He hit 71% from the floor on the week for the Blue Jays. Alpha Diallo from Providence, 16.5 points, 8.5 rebounds uh, for the Friars this past week. Rasheem Dunn, St. John's, transfer from Cleveland State, and before that, from St. Francis in Brooklyn, 18.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and 3 steals. Dunn is a guy that, you know, just plug him in, and he's going to fill up the stat sheet for you. He's come out of of nowhere. You know, the transfer wasn't eligible at the start of the season. I think St. John's wasn't quite sure if he would be, you know, able to play this year. He's the perfect Mike Anderson guy, a real pest and super quick and aggressive defensively. Final member of the honor roll, Sadiq Bay Villanova, now a sophomore, but he had a 33-point night in a win against Georgetown. John, I think he might be a candidate for the most improved player in the year, a, a kind of a eye-opening freshman last year, but he's he had 18 more against DePaul in their overtime win on Tuesday. Just a really, really good player. And, you know, we kind of gloss over him every week, and you just mentioned his name. Alpha Diallo is Mr. Double-Double in the Big East. Seems seems to happen once or twice a week. And it's almost as if how he goes, the Friars are going here of late as well. Well, the Friars uh, very physical defensively. They play very hard. They're offensively challenged. He's the exception. He had 19 in their win over... The uh, only player in double figure Wednesday night over St. John's. Exactly. Right? The rest of the team, you're not quite sure what you're going to get on offense. But uh, in a race to 60 points, the Friars uh, beat uh, St. John's 63-58 with uh, Diallo getting 19 couple of other items from play this week. Wednesday night in Washington, Creighton's Tyshawn Alexander became the newest member of the 1,000-point for a career club, yet the Blue Jays couldn't figure out a way to slow down Omer Yurt 7's 20 points and 13 rebounds as Georgetown beat the 25th-ranked Jays 83-80. I think this says two things. Number one, don't count out the Hoyas at any point this year. And number two, Creighton can still shoot the heck out of the ball, but they are a different team on the road than they are at home. They are very up and down. You know, they had 13 threes at Georgetown, so so you just think, you know, they'd be in decent shape. But they gave up 83, and Creighton wants to have as many possessions as you can get in a game, run up and down. The teams that want to lock in a little bit on defense and get get their hooks into the Jays can get the job done. The Butler Bulldogs this season have been a pleasant surprise for most of the country, but perhaps maybe not so much a surprise to the players actually on that team. One of their key elements in the success thus far, both offensively and even defensively, joins us next. Sean McDermott, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East Focus. At Butler University, we've been called underdogs. We prefer overachievers. 
Here you'll be challenged to put your education into practice in the real world and gain the career experience to prepare you for the road ahead. So four years from now, your biggest challenge will be deciding which job offer to take. No matter where you end up, we'll help you get there. Butler Bulldogs aren't born, they're made. Plan your visit at butler.edu. Big East Focus. Rebound of Thompson, eight seconds left in the first. Thompson racing forward. Thompson out to McDermott for three, again! Textbook, two for one, what a great job. What a way to end the first half. And a raucous Hinkle Fieldhouse comes alive. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. John Rook with Kevin McNamara. And even though Butler's primary emphasis has been on an improved defensive effort this season, the Bulldogs can beat you in several ways. One of those from way downtown. Kamara Baldwin has been one of the league's premier scorers and shooters. Senior Sean McDermott has range. He's been a steadying influence in his team's climb up the poles this season. And Sean McDermott joins us this week in the Big East. Sean, where would you say your greatest improvement on the floor has come from over the course of your career at Butler? Uh, I think my own personal greatest improvement has just come with uh, making reads and making plays off the dribble. Um, I came in probably as a more of a standstill shooter, and I think I've tried to improve my game from that over my five years here. Sean, I think the biggest difference in your team and your rise into the top ten in the polls has been the team's defense. Uh, obviously some new faces uh, in the lineup this year. Can you just speak about the growth of uh, Butler's program on the defensive end? Yeah, I think uh, Butler's always prided itself on the defensive end of the floor, and we've really made it an emphasis to get back to that this year. Coach Val, um, Emerson Camp, and they've done a great job of just really emphasizing it in practice and film study, um, and guys have really bought in. Um, we're led by Aaron and Kamar on that end, so um, we're all trying to trying to contribute on that end and just be the best defensive team we can be. Where did this buy-in actually get started, Sean? Can you take us back to either the summer or at the end of last season, or when did it finally click that this is how we needed to play in order to be good where we want to be? Yeah, I think buy-in came um, not only on the defensive end, but just overall within the program. Um, when we took some summer trips um, together as a team to kind of figure out our identity um, and just gel as a team. So I think a lot of it came from a trip to Bradford Woods where um, no phones were allowed and we just hung out as a team and spent a couple days together with no outside distractions. So no cell phones, no no uh, no TV, no videos, no you know games. Is that what it was like? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. We were out um, out on the water a little bit, having fun in some canoes. Um, played a lot of a lot of spike ball. Um, just kind of hung out together as a team with no outside distractions, just us um, focusing on our brothers. Dude, that must have been rough. <laughs> for some guys, it was definitely rough. For for others of us, it was a lot of fun to just kind of get away. But I think everybody really enjoyed the trip, and like I said, it it brought us um, really close as a team. Now, John, I've never heard of Bradford Woods. We need to put that on our yeah, summer checklist. We may have checklist. to get on the summer checklist. Yeah, yes. yeah I got, you yeah. guys got to go check that out. Great. <laughs> hey, Sean, uh, you guys are coming off a difficult loss to Seton Hall. I, I think you probably ran up against the hottest team, one of the hottest teams in the country. Mm -hmm. um, you spent uh, a good chunk of time of your summer uh, in Providence training with the Pan Am team where you saw both Miles Powell and Miles Kale uh, up close. Can you speak to that experience uh, in last summer as well? I know you got injured and didn't travel with the team, but you spent an awful lot of time practicing, and maybe what you learned about uh, those two guys specifically. Yeah, that, that was an awesome trip, um, just to even be 
be a part of that, um, the practices, and and to be able to wear USA across your chest, even in practices, is awesome. A lot of really great players there, and, and both miles were obviously great players. And um, just getting to see these guys up close and personal, you, you spend a lot of time against them, playing against them, but to kind of hang around them um, and be on the same team with them was pretty cool. You get to see kind of what guys are like, and, and all those guys are really cool guys that, that love the game. Butler Sean McDermott joining us this week in the Big East. All right, Kevin mentioned it. Uh, I, I will go there briefly, even though I know it's a, it's a sore spot. Wednesday night, uh, you had uh, Seton Hall down by 10 points at home at halftime. What happened in the second half? Uh, yeah, I think it, it just came down to the defensive end. We gave up, I think, 48 points in the second half, which mm-hmm. is, not, is not our identity. Um, and it's going to be hard to win any games when you're giving up almost 50 and a half, so... We'll, we'll look at the film, we'll, we'll study, we'll figure out what we need to do better, and we'll get back to playing Butler basketball and getting stops on the defensive end. And, and this is uh, fun in the Big East. Your reward for that is two road games in a row at DePaul, yeah. at Villanova. <laughs> Sean, yeah. you've, been, you've been around the block. Uh, what's your spin on the, on the Big East this year, and what type of challenge that those two games will we'll, uh, send to you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little biased because I play in the league, but I think it's one of the strongest, if not the strongest, leagues in the country, top to bottom. Um, so there's no easy games, uh, especially going on the road. We have two great teams coming up, two great teams that, that really play well at home. So um, we're going to have to get back to playing Butler basketball um, and go in there and, and do everything we can to walk away with wins. You know, Kevin just mentioned, Sean, that you know you got a couple of big road games coming up, but do you guys sense the importance of how uh, really urgent it is to win at home whenever you get the chance just because of the caliber of competition? Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't really focus on that, but, um, I mean, yeah, it's important. You want to go out and win every game in the league, um, but to protect home court is important. You want to you want to play well for your fans that come out and support you, but at the end of the day, it's just about us playing the best basketball that we can, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't feel like we did that against Seton Hall. Probably a question we could have asked uh, right off the top, but uh, Sean Butler is the spin on them around the country is that they're the most surprising team in the Big East, one of the most surprising teams in the country. Are you surprised? No, I- I'm not surprised. I don't think this team is surprised just because we're around each other every day. We we've seen the buy-in from all these guys, um, and we we knew what we had in us. It was just about bringing it out and and playing to our standard, which I think we've done for most of the season. Um, but there's still a lot to get better. Um, and, and I think we'll do that, and one day we'll put together a full 40, and I think that'll be really exciting when we do that. Sean, I want to ask you a couple of questions here about two guys not named Kamar Baldwin <laughs> on your team. Uh, the, the first one uh, is um, Jordan Tucker. How has Tucker's game improved since he came to campus transferring from Duke? Because it seems to me like he's much more integral part, and he's much more a part of the flow of what it is you're trying to do. Yeah, I think Jordan's taken a huge step just in um, his leadership role. Um, and, and his buy-in to the team also. He's uh, he's obviously a great offensive player, but he's really bought in. He's played really well on the defensive end. Um, you can see him guarding point guards, fighting through ball screens. Um, he's just done a great job of buying into what to what Butler is, and he, he's a Butler guy. Um, he's done a great job this year for us. The other guy is Aaron Thompson, and you lost him to fouls mm-hmm. Wednesday night, uh, and it seemed like the head of the snake got cut off when he left the game. Yeah, I think that's what he is. He's the head of the snake for this team, um, especially on the defensive end. Um, He's just, in my opinion, the best defender in the league, um, the best defender in the country. Um, He's just so good on the ball and off the ball. Um, You can count on him at all times. But then the offensive end, too, he controls the pace for us. 
he's a, he's an amazing point guard. So, like you said, he's the head of the snake for our team, but we have to be able to figure out ways to get the job done if he can't be on the court. One more for you, Sean, here. What are you looking forward to most for the remainder of the season with so much of it left in front of you? Uh, I'm just looking forward to, like I said, trying to trying to put that full 40 together. I think it'll be really exciting if we can play a full 40 minutes of Butler basketball. Um, we haven't gotten to that point yet. We've probably played 30 or 32 minutes, but if we can put 40 minutes together, I think it's uh, a really exciting um, opportunity for us. That's Butler's Sean McDermott. Bulldogs, after Wednesday night's game at Seton Hall, or with Seton Hall, travel to Chicago for DePaul on Saturday. We get a blast from the past while also representing the present in the Big East with former UConn star and current Fox analyst Donnie Marshall next. This week in the Big East. Coming up next, the National Perspective. The Providence College experience, rooted in academic excellence, shared values, and an uncommon sense of community is both unique and exceptional. A premier Catholic liberal arts college, PC has 3,900 undergraduate students, a dynamic, engaged community, and a great location just minutes from downtown Providence. With pride in its heritage, Providence College looks forward to a bright future. Learn more at providence.edu. The National Perspective. Paul right to left into the front court. Cross court pass to Kale. Three on the way. It's gone. Seton Hall out to a 15-9 lead, a 13-2 run. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. From time to time this season, we'll take a look back at players and coaches and games from a storied 40 years in the Big East Conference. It'll be our Big East flashback, if you will, and this week we combine the chance to look back with the chance to examine the present in our national perspective, as well as look into the future a bit with former UConn star Donnie Marshall, who also calls the games on FS1. Kev, it's always great to visit with Donnie, but the guys clued in not only to today, but really what it means, I think, to have UConn re-enter the Big East Conference. No, he has a great perspective uh sees an awful lot of big east games but also games in the big 10 and john he's always going to follow his huskies that's for sure <laughs> without a doubt kevin and i visited with donnie just before a broadcast earlier this week first to get his thoughts on how this league race has started and where it might end the bottom is definitely where the strength is i believe and, and when i say that i mean depaul has done a great job of elevating their play dave lato's done a great job of bringing in young guys transfers uh, and getting them to play at a level. Now, listen, they're struggling in conference play, but non-conference was terrific for them. Georgetown, Patrick Ewing is still, you have a mass exodus. I mean, four players is a mass exodus in the middle of a season, maybe not in the summer, uh, but definitely in the middle of the season. He's gotten those guys, Mac McClung, uh, Yurt Seven, to really step up and play. So they've elevated their game. Marquette, no one expected the Hauser brothers to leave and then to to still have success. So you got to give Woj a ton of credit. And then Xavier does what what Xavier always does. Remember, Travis Steele is, is he's a green coach as well. So you, there's a lot to be said about one the coaches and the jobs that they've done. Laval Jordan at Butler. I don't think anyone's talking about him as much as they should be. There's no superstars on that team. Um, they're they're not a team that. They fly under the radar if, if that's possible for a top five team to, to be mm -hmm. able to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but the coaches have done a terrific job, I think, in bringing the bottom uh, of the Big East up this season. And that, to me, has, has helped in, in really making this a deep, deep conference. You know, the critique about the Big East, if there is one, is that there's not a national champion Final Four level team. 
I think it's too early to say that. You know, Butler's 15-1, and one and their one loss is in the last minute at Baylor. What do you see from, from the Bulldogs that's so different than last year and I think makes Laval a potential national coach of the year? Well, they're a team that makes you play their way. I know every team thinks that, hey, we want to play fast, so you're going to play fast. It, it doesn't happen as easy as that. Butler, very good at home, but we've, we're finding out they're very good on the road as well. They have guard play that's terrific. I think the unselfishness, and you know, Chris Mullen and I were talking. He's now he's an analyst for us at Fox. He does some stuff for us as well as Golden State Warriors. We were talking over the weekend, and he said they just play hard. And I know it's a simple mm-hmm. thing, and, and and players around I play hard, but but do you play hard for forty minutes? We hear the cliches. Laval Jordan gets those guys. To, to speed you up when he wants to speed you up. He gets other the opponents to play slow. Uh, they move the basketball. They're very unselfish. And I think the other thing that sticks out, and you, you talk about nationally the, the, the very good teams, they take a lot of time in, in possessions. So you won't have a lot of possessions. They will eat up 18, 19, 20 seconds on that shot clock. And not only that, they don't turn the ball over. When you play at their pace, you can't get them to, to turn the ball over. And I think taking care of the ball uh, and then and playing together and playing hard, it's simple, but it's the recipe that Butler has used to get to where they are right now. So would you speed Butler up if you were trying to defend against them? Without question. Yeah. I would speed them up. I would try, and, and believe it or not, I know this shockingly coming from an old school Big East player, I try to beat them up. I, I try to make them, and I know a lot of teams say we can win ugly, we can win pretty. I think that's a team that you have to be very physical with and that you have to speed up. But, again, it has to come down to, to your shot quality because they force teams to take bad shots mm-hmm. because you get bored. Yep. I mean, it's a lot like Virginia. You know, Virginia, you get bored playing against them, so you just say, oh, the shot clock, okay, let me just get this shot up, try to speed it up that way. But shot quality, uh, speeding them up, and, and, and trying to, to be as physical as you can with them I think would be the recipe. It's, it's yet to be done, though. Yeah. You know, covering this league, we, we were blessed with seeing a lot of good players for years and years back to when you were starring at Connecticut. I, I would imagine you still get excited when you get assigned a Seton Hall or a Marquette game. Of course. I, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, and I joke, and I, I, I joke, and I've said this for four years now, but I, I am the president of the Miles Powell fan club, meaning I just I, I've liked the kid since day one. He will tell you that. We've had conversations about how when they had, when, when Seton Hall had those those four juniors and then the four seniors and they were just guys who played a lot of minutes uh the Carringtons the Delgados uh you know those that those crews that Kevin Willard had I still believe that Miles Powell was the best player quote-unquote player on that team meaning he defended he could make shots we knew that he could score he 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 would make the extra pass he took charges he would hustle back defensive anything he could do to stay on the floor with those four other studs he did that in in my opinion made him the best player quote-unquote on that team and without question, we know why he's the best player on that team. Now, for Marquette, they're in a unique situation. You, you lose the Hauser brothers, and you're almost – Woj almost has to say, okay, you know, Marcus, you have to go out there and score 30 for us to have a chance. Now, they have Sakar Annam. They have some other pieces that are really, really good, and they're continuing to get better. But that team, Marcus Howard starts the engine for that team. He starts the bus. If he doesn't turn that key, it's hard for them to get going now. They can still win games because they've done that when he struggled this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it really begins and ends with Marcus Howard. Uh, those two teams are, and those two players are so special. Again, I don't know if the last time the Big East has had two first-team All-American, preseason All-Americans in the conference. It's been a long, long time, and it's, I think it's something we should really – 
we should appreciate it now before the season ends and say, wow, remember those two players, Marcus and Miles? We need to appreciate that as we're in the moment. Donnie Marshall, Fox Sports analyst, say star at UConn back in the, I guess, the glory days of the Big East Conference, a lot of people like to refer to. We'd be remiss, Donnie, if we didn't talk to you a little bit about your alma mater reentering the Big East next year. And I know that that brings back a lot of memories. It conjures up a lot of good memories. What's your thought about it being good for not only basketball in the East, but good for your alma mater? Uh, you know, when, when I heard, first heard the news, a lot of fans were saying this is, you know, this is good for the school, but it's, it's, it's really good for the Big East. You know, I had to disagree, even though it's my alma mater. Obviously, it's good for everyone. Yeah. But I think the school needed it more than the conference needed it. When you have – you've won two national titles in the last four years. I'm speaking of Villanova, obviously. That doesn't tell me there's a big need to, to add teams. Now, will it be successful and will people love it? Absolutely. Madison Square Garden will be – like it was in the heyday. And I think when UConn comes in, even if UConn is not great in their first year or two, I still think Jim, them just being there, it will, it will bring back those wonderful memories of the greatness and not just the greatness of the players, but the greatness of, of that conference and how good it was, I say, back in the 1900s when I played. Uh, but but it, it, it's, it's a situation where every day you know, people ask me, oh, hey, when are, they, when are they coming into the conference? Are you excited about it? And, and without a doubt, uh, I couldn't be more proud to, to be able to – I've already started asking our guys at Fox, hey, how, how many games can you, you – know, <laughs> I'll try to stay down the middle, but come on, how, how many, how many uh, games can you get me just Don't in my me. backyard? Yeah. So, but, but Danny Hurley, I think, is, is the right guy to bring the conference into the big – bring the school back into the conference, into the Big East, his ties with New Jersey, his ties with Seton Hall. Uh, his recruiting is going to get better. Yeah. And I think the caliber of play at UConn is, is only going to, to get better because they're going to be back in the Big East. To jump off that a little bit, I think – Maybe the last time we've had two first-team All-Americans. We had Ray Allen mm-hmm. and we had Allen Iverson the same year. I don't know if you were on those UConn teams at the time. I guess the question is, can UConn, the recruiting, get back to that level, truly top 20, top 30 kids? Well, first of all, I'm not sure Ray – it might have been my fault if he wasn't an All-American when I was with him <laughs> because he might not have been getting as many touches as he did once I left. Uh, but – I, I I do think they, the recruiting will get back to that. I, I think that Danny Hurley and I think the school will will bring more of us back. You know, there there there's a little there's been a little disconnect because it, they're in a different conference. It's a new coach that really had nothing to do with the history of of players like myself and Ray Allen and the Karan Butlers and those guys. But I think as you get back into conference into the conference that really made the school what it what it was in the national titles. Uh, I, I really believe that recruiting will get back to that level. More of us will be around. Uh, you will see that. You will remember, oh, I, I forgot that this guy played in the NCAA tournament, Elite Eight, Final Fours, Championships, so on and so forth. Uh, so, yes, I do think that they'll get back to that level. Listen, I, you know, it, 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 in all fairness, I think Ed Cooley, Kevin Willard, they, they might not tell us, but they might – they're feeling that the recruiting now is being pulled away a little bit once you bring Connecticut back in. But I think the overall feel of having the school back in, listen, everyone's got to up their game now. Yeah. You know, Eddie's got to go out and get some different guys. You know, Kevin Willard's got to go out and get some different guys. So, and I think that makes the, the league that much more powerful. Ex-UConn star and Fox analyst Donnie Marshall. Who's got next? The big games coming up. The major matchups on the horizon. We'll jump into them all next this week in the big east coming up who's got next this week in the big east 
As one of the country's leading Catholic universities, Seton Hall has been shaping students in mind, heart, and spirit since 1856. Today, the hall is home to nearly 10,000 students taught by world-class faculty. Our professors shine in the classroom, sharing their expertise with bright young minds who are hungry to learn. And as a member of the Big East, our student-athletes compete in one of the nation's top athletic conferences. Whether on the court or in the classroom, our students learn by doing. This is Seton Hall's moment. Be part of it. Who's got next this week in the Big East? Now Mosley working left. Stripped loose by Powell. And Seton Hall controls. Powell cross court to McKnight. McKnight stops behind the arc. Powell wants it. Gets it. Shoots a three. Gone! Seton Hall on a 7-0 run to take an 18-point lead. John Rook, Kevin McNamara, this week in the Big East. The schedule for this week includes UConn playing at Villanova on Saturday, even though it's still a non-league game for this season. But it's also a sign of things to come, as we just mentioned uh, with Donnie Marshall, Kev. A little preview of a uh, high-stakes Big East game in the future. Right. No question about that. Um, Saturday's games uh, also feature Seton Hall at St. John's, Butler at DePaul, Marquette at Georgetown. Providence goes to Creighton. What's going to catch your eye? A different styles there. Providence will want to slow the game down, be really physical, kind of muck things up. Creighton, we know what Creighton wants to do. Get out and run and get to 80 points. Right. A couple of Tuesday matchups this week worth watching. You have Butler at Villanova. Yeah, I think that'd be worth watching. St. John's will also play at Marquette. I'm going to clear my calendar, John, and make yeah, sure I have one, right? Butler at Villanova. Yeah. I'll, I'll be watching that one. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you uh, on that one. And then uh, Wednesday night uh, you got St. John's again, or excuse me, you got Georgetown at Xavier. You got Providence playing at Seton Hall. Providence, Seton Hall, I like a lot. Uh, two, you know, maybe the two best friends of the ten coaches uh, this past summer. Ed Cooley and Kevin Wheeler led the U.S. Pan Am games over in per- uh, Peru. Uh, but I can guarantee you that Kevin will want to beat Ed on Wednesday night down at the Rock. So the home team, by the way, in case you were wondering, now 15-9 and nine through the first three weeks at midweek this week before this weekend's games, after a 3-1 and one mark on Wednesday night, it's still not exactly a gimme for anyone on the home floor this year. If I'm a coach or a player, I, I like that stat. You know, usually in college basketball, the home court is a huge deal. If you're telling me that in a really balanced, good Big East that I can go on the road and win games – let me add it. Yeah, I'm ready to go. So now we're through three weeks. Is it too early to say, you know, it's desperation time for the teams that are struggling? Is it too early to say that the favorites are the ones that should stay there? It's too early to bury anybody because I do think the talent at the bottom of the league is good. You know, Georgetown, uh, DePaul, uh, Xavier's underperforming, but I think uh, they're dangerous. Uh, up on top, you know, it's not too early to think about seeds, John. You know, I think both Butler and Seton Hall – have a chance to really have a top, you know, one, two, three seed. But you have to keep playing. You know, you have to keep piling up the wins, and that's going to be difficult in this league. And that's what they'll be doing this week. They're going to keep playing. Our thanks to Villanova's Jay Wright, Butler's Sean McDermott, and former UConn star, Fox Sports analyst Donnie Marshall for joining us this week. Thanks go out to our flagship radio stations from Seton Hall, Creighton, Butler, Villanova, and all around the league for their assistance in bringing us some of the sound that takes us inside these big moments you hear on the floor. Thanks to our producer Kevin Collins, associate producer Matt Morrell, and to the coaches and administrators at all 10 Big East member institutions institutions. For Kevin McNamara, I'm John Rook. Find us on Twitter. We're always ready to talk some hoop. Use the hashtag TWITBE, TWITB. We'll be here again next week. Same time, same place for this week in the Big E. 
Thanks for listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools, Butler, Creighton, DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, Villanova, and Xavier, as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. The executive producers are John Paquette and Rick Gentile. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of This Week in the Big East.